Hey everybody, welcome to One Family Church. We are so excited that you are with us today from all over the world. Uh, we are in part three of Get Fit, Developing a Life of Spiritual Vitality. And I'm excited about today's message. Last week, we talked about spiritual nutrition. Uh, what do we need to fill our soul when our soul is hungry? How do we become soulful? If you didn't see that message, go onto our YouTube page, subscribe, and watch that message. Next week, we're going to talk about spiritual rest. How do we recover? Uh, how do we restore our spirit? Today, we are digging into spiritual exercise. What are the core basic exercises that we need to undertake as followers of Jesus to develop a healthy and vibrant spirituality. Uh, this sermon is called Spiritual Cardio, and today we're going on a ride. I can't wait to take you with me, but first, let's get hydrated. Okay, let's go. Several years ago, when my wife and I first moved to St. Louis, give me a second, um, I took a job at uh, a large law firm. It was an awesome job, but it was incredibly demanding. The hours were strenuous, uh, and it just started to consume my life. Um, a lot of commitments, uh, a lot of work, and one of the commitments that I allowed in my personal life to slide was my commitment to physical fitness. Um, I just didn't exercise like I needed to. I didn't eat like I needed to. And one day, my job had a health fair. They brought in several medical professionals and they uh, opened up the health fair. We could go in and, and get diagnostic testing on different aspects of our health and fitness. Well, <laughs> I went in uh, and I discovered two things at the health fair. One is that I had packed on about 20 pounds in about two years. And two, uh, my cholesterol levels were less than ideal. It wasn't that I was physically unhealthy, but I was in physical decline. Now, the thing is, I valued health. I, I, I thought I was healthy. I appeared healthy to other people. I even felt healthy. But my external appearance did not match my internal health. Uh, the diagnostic test told me otherwise. What happened to me physically can happen to a lot of us spiritually. We get in a rhythm, we get in a routine, uh, the demands and the rigors of life, uh, the commitments of school, the commitments of family, kids, work. And before we know it, we can let our spiritual fitness slide. Now, we might value spiritual fitness, we might 
think we're spiritually, spiritually healthy. We might even appear spiritually healthy to other people. But if we were to take a diagnostic test to determine whether our spiritual heart, our spiritual life was healthy, we might be surprised by what we found. So what if there was a spiritual diagnostic test like this? Wouldn't you want to take it? Or would you? <laughs> Do you really want to know? Well, actually, there is a spiritual diagnostic. It's found in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's a simple test. If you want to be spiritually healthy, that spiritual health is diagnosed by your obedience to Christ. If we are obedient to Christ, that's an indication that we are spiritually healthy. If we are disobedient to Jesus and his commands, that's an indication that we are spiritually unhealthy. Now, when I got the results from my diagnostic test back and showed my cholesterol levels weren't great uh, and that I'd packed on a few more pounds than I intended, I didn't like the results. But in retrospect, I'm deeply grateful for the results because the results were the catalyst for some changes that I needed to make. I know some of us right now are saying, well, that diagnostic test, are there, are there, are there any loopholes? Um, you know, maybe there are some false positives. Uh, maybe I'm within the margin of error. I'm kind of obedient, I'm kind of not. But Jesus doubles down and he says, whoever loves me obeys my commands. It's a universal statement. And in case you're looking for a loophole to this spiritual diagnostic test, <laughs> Jesus closes the loophole in verse 24. He says, anyone who loves me will obey my commands. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my commands. The loophole is closed. Now, I don't know if you like the results that you're getting from this diagnostic test right now, but I would say for most of us, uh, there's a little bit of growth that all of us can do in terms of obeying Christ's demands, in terms of exercising our spiritual life. So today, like a good fitness trainer, I'm going to give you three basic exercises that will help you get fit spiritually. Three commands that Jesus gives us uh, that he calls us to obey. Now, the three commands are prayer, giving, and serving. The exercise of prayer, the exercise of giving, and the exercise of serving. And the reason we're focusing on these three commands is that all three of these commands go right to the heart of the believer. So, let's get some spiritual cardio today. You ready? Let's first get some water. Let's hydrate. All right. Let's go. There's a concept in cycling called cadence. Cadence is the rhythm, the rhythm at which you pedal. It's the, it's the number of times your crank goes around every minute. If you really want to get some good cardio, you got to get into a cadence. 
you got to get into a rhythm. Because when you get into a rhythm, you get into a flow. When you get into a flow, man, you get into the zone and you can ride forever. It's the same way with our spiritual life. If we want to get good cardio, spiritual cardio, we got to get into a rhythm with our prayer life. It's got to just be a pattern. It's got to be a flow. The scripture says this, pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks. Another scripture says, be anxious for nothing. But in all circumstances, make your petitions and prayers known to God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Prayer is a constant thing. It's a cadence. You don't need any equipment. You can do it anywhere. You can pray in the shower. You can pray in your living room. You can pray, you can pray on a bicycle. It's real easy, watch this. Thank you God for this day. Thank you for this beautiful weather. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my family. I love you, Lord. Amen. I didn't even close my eyes. So let prayer become a cadence, a rhythm, a flow, and get into the zone. Our killer. Give me a second. You know when uh, when I went to the health fair at my old job. When I walked in, there's no way that anyone could tell just by looking that my cholesterol levels were not what they needed to be. Thankfully, I got the test and discovered, according to the medical personnel, that if I didn't do something to change my, my diet or my exercise, that I may end up with a heart condition. Whenever Jesus talked about money, he talked about it in terms of the condition of your heart. In fact, when he was speaking to his disciples, he said, no one can serve two masters. Either you're gonna love one and hate the other, or you're gonna be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. Nobody, he said, can serve both God and money. Why did Jesus care about giving? Why did he care about generosity? He didn't need anybody's money. He, his father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He cared about money because he knew that money is a heart issue. Money touches every aspect of our lives. Where we live, uh, what kind of car we drive, what kind of food we eat, what kind of clothes we wear, whether we get to go to college, um, uh, w whether we can leave something behind for our kids, where, where they're gonna go to school. It literally touches nearly every aspect of our lives. And so our temptation is to put our trust in money. It becomes our master and we become a slave to it. 
And Jesus is saying, I want your heart to be free. I want you to serve God and then let money serve you. Don't you serve it. Jesus knew that when we spend all of our money on ourselves, we become our own little God. We become self-absorbed. Uh, we become self-interested. Uh, our life just uh, uh, contracts. We become narrower and everything becomes about us. And our heart becomes corrupt in a situation like that. Our hearts are not healthy when all of our attention turns toward ourselves. On the other hand, when we give, when we give towards the things that please God, when we return to God a portion of what he has given to us, our life expands. We become generous. We become magnanimous. We, we, we enter into partnership with God. It affects our heart. It changes our heart. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. One of the things that I love about our church is that our church has a culture. We are givers, not takers. From the very beginning of our church, when we founded the church nine years ago, from that day forward, we have always given away at least 10% of everything that's given to the church. We're a tithing church. We support uh, people who don't have places to live. Uh, we, we provide food for those who are hungry. Uh, we, we provide education for the young. Um, we, we liberate kids out of sex trafficking around the world. Uh, we support missionaries. We, we plant churches. Uh, the list goes on. But it's all because we are a part of a group of people. We're part of a culture that says we want our heart to be in pursuit of the things of God. We want our heart to go where God's heart is. Today, if you want to experience some good spiritual cardio, let me encourage you. If you don't already give, give. If you're part of a local church, wherever you are in the country, give to the work of God. Give to the things that make God smile. If you're here today and, and you're not a believer and you say, I'm not going to give to a church, I'm not even a Christian, let me challenge you. Give 10% of your income to something that's bigger than you, to a cause or a purpose that's greater than you, and watch your life expand. If you're a part of One Family Church, you can support our mission and partner with what we're doing. You can give in the links uh, on YouTube and Facebook. But whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, give Give back to God a portion of what he has given to you. Not because he needs it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But because it's good for your heart. The third spiritual exercise that gets right to the heart of the matter. The third spiritual exercise for spiritual cardio is the exercise of service. The reality is there is nothing more fulfilling in life, in your spiritual life, than using your gifts 
to serve somebody else to the glory of God. In fact, Jesus put it like this when he was teaching his disciples. He said, let the greatest among you be the servant of all. For whoever exalts themselves will be humbled. And whoever humbles themselves in service will be exalted. And then he actually got down on his knees and he washed the feet of his disciples. I got to tell you, our, our church is a serving church. This is our t-shirt, One Fam. These are the new Dream Team t-shirts. We've got a dream team of hundreds of people whose heart is dedicated to serving you. If you want to really experience some great spiritual cardio, you should join us. Be part of the team and serve. It's good for your heart. But don't take my word that these spiritual exercises of prayer and giving and service are beneficial. Come here from some experienced spiritual athletes about the benefits of these spiritual exercises in their life. So, you know, we're in a series yes. about spiritual fitness. How do, we get, how do we get fit spiritually? And this week we're talking about uh, spiritual exercises, the exercises of prayer, giving, and service. Yes. And you are a, what I would call, an experienced <laughs> spiritual athlete. In other words, you've been a man of the Spirit. You've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. Long time. And um, these kinds of basic core exercises have been a part of your life for a very long time. So what I'd love to just hear from you is, um, and you can focus on any one of them uh, or all of them, but um, where do you see the spiritual benefit in your life to exercising these core basic spiritual disciplines? You know, it, this, this whole life is, uh, would not be livable without um, without Christ. I mean, it's just, it's, it's all part of the same life. It's all part, you know, you, you can't do one without the other. You can't just be a giver and, and have, and not pray and, and, and think that that's going to cover it. It's not, it's all part of the same life. It's, it's like a three-legged stool. Mm. Um, every one of them is important. I would say prayer has been one of the things that God has been growing in and challenging me and opening new ways of understanding that um, in this last couple of years. Part of that is starting with understanding that I can hear the voice of God. So I guess the biggest one for me has been service, okay. right? Um, I truly enjoy being the hands and the feet, <laughs> you know, the eyes, the ears of the body of Christ. Prayer is like air, it's like water, it's the substance that we have to have in order to live. I, I can't see myself getting out of the bed 
without speaking to the Lord first. You can't have prayer without receiving the benefit. You can't have giving without receiving the benefit. And you cannot have service without receiving the benefit because there's something that God interjects in those situations that pours directly into our souls. So that's why we're able to keep doing it. And that's what regenerates us to keep moving forward. So it's always been a huge aspect of my life. By far and away, my top gift is giving. So when you mentioned these three cardios, I thought, well, giving is sort of how I roll and it's not hard for me. Like this is just a natural inclination. It's the first often thought that I have. And it's not because of Teresa's great and good, it's because Teresa got gifted. As I've grown older, I've, I've grown to love the Lord more. And I don't think that this, that's something that you have to do. I don't think that you have to get older to love the Lord. I think that you need some direction, you need some focus, you need some consistency, and you need a community. And that's why I love coming to church, because that's my family. God has really opened my eyes to, to experience His goodness um, in a way that He's always the same. He doesn't change whether He speaks to you or speaks to me. It's his, the quality of his voice is the same, the way that it matches his nature, the way that he, he speaks through his word. So that's been an area that, that has come alive for me in a way that um, even I've grown up being a Christian most of my life, um, that the Lord is bringing more and there's always more. Giving provided one of my areas of opportunity with God. Okay. It was trust. Um, entering as an adult, entering my relationship with Christ, I didn't necessarily trust everything. You know, it was like, God, I see you doing this and I see you doing that. But if you could just tell me what's next, I'll be fine. I'll do what you tell me to do, but I just need to know what's coming next. But with giving, especially when you don't know how or you don't think you have a surplus to give, he steps in in those cracks and he provides. And then through that abundance grew especially with my marriage and us making decisions that we're saving and giving together. And then giving poured out into other areas, whether that was um, the students that my husband has, you know, or whether that's um, people on the street or whomever it is, you just learn to give. And through that, God has taken care of us every step of the way. The tithing is, is a big issue, but it's also beyond that. It's, it's giving, it's all His anyway. So how we spend it, what we spend it on, where we give um, and how we give is both a representation of, of, our, of our belief system. Uh, do we really believe it or not? And are you going to support financially and, and physically? Are you going to support it? I pray for everybody that can come to mind because I think that's the Lord speaking to you. And again, you have to be aware enough to hear that He's saying something to you. Do this. And our job is to obey. And there's a verse that I often think about, Acts 4.32, and it says, they were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him regarded them as his own. Wow. But they had everything in common. So when we look at how things played out in Acts, you know, the beginning chapters of Acts, we think, well, you know, that was situational. And Having everything in common isn't the way the world works. We've got this whole market economy thing. And the challenge is we really don't have a, a good way of having all things in common in modern society. But I think we focus on the wrong part of that verse. Okay. Because the part of that verse that said they were all there together, they had stuff, right. and no one 
regarded any of the things that belonged to him as, as their own. So it's like, that's why they shared. It wasn't because they wanted to what, practice proto-communism or something. They wanted to take the things that, they, that belonged to them and because they didn't see them as, you know, somehow their own purview and something they should hoard, they just freely gave. Yeah, yeah my prayer life is more of a, um, you know, I wish I was one of those people that would stop and just go in a corner and pray. But my prayer life is, is on a walk. It's a fluid thing, not a stop and, and think. It's, it's, it's a, uh, uh, you know, the guy says, well, let's stop and pray about it. And, and the fellow next to him handed him a shovel and says, no, let's dig. And you pray while you dig, you know. What motivated you to start giving? Like, what was the catalyst where you said, okay, you know what? I want to start consistently giving to the work of God. But it's his money. Yeah. And we just get to use it for a while. Uh, so we, it's our opportunity to give back and to share. Everything we have is God's and we're just stewards of it. The, the main thing is actually being available and creating that space. Um, and, and prayer is just making that space for God to be able to speak to you. Um, the, we're so busy with so many things that we do every day that sometimes we, we, we don't set time, time aside. It just you just go by and you, you miss that, right? But at the same time, it's expecting that God will speak to you. And that's, that's actually important. Now, giving, I have learned the hard way. Okay. I, I, initially, I wasn't, a, I mean, I've always been giving of myself. Right. But when you start talking about money. Right. And um, really time. Yeah. That's when it gets a little sticky. Okay. Um, I can't quote the Bible verbatim, but when we talk about, let's talk about tithe. He said, put me to the test. Mm. Yeah. And my cup runs over. God uses the eyes of our heart, right? He, open, he allows us to see him in a way that we um, would not with our human eyes and, and understanding him that way. I would say jumping jump into it. We don't know what God has for us until we jump into it, until we relinquish relinquish control, right? Um, in the area of giving, like I said before, I struggled with the trust aspect. I've got four kids, I've got this bill and that bill. Do I really have 10% to consistently give or whatever it is, right? Uh, but through that, he shows himself, right? Um, service, service has always been the part where I got poured back into. Um, and then in the area of prayer, prayer is just kind of a res restoration of your soul, right? You bring that and you can just lay it all out. You can be vulnerable um, and all that feeds back into you. So those three things are absolutely necessary. Number one, for building our relationship with Christ. He needs that. He needs that bridge because we need Him, right? right? And then number two, it builds that maturity that gets us from one situation to the next. What has uh, serving in the church environment, what has that meant to you and how has that impacted or affected you? And you get this joy, it's this, this unspeakable joy. I, I couldn't put it into, I can't put it into words. And I guess that's what this is unspeakable. I, uh, I come to church and I wanted to help somebody. 
whether it's praying with somebody or going to get a table or standing out greeting or just anything that comes up. It's, uh, it's service. And I could be a spectator, but I've never been much of a spectator. I want to participate. I mean, if it's something to do, let's get it on. In my, in my current season, being a father of three little ones, it's, yeah. uh, I, I would say that the routine has been, like you mentioned, the one that flows through the day. Uh, learning that he's with me at all times, but actually making space even through my daily routine to to keep to acknowledge his presence and just converse with him like a friend like get to to experience his goodness each time more and more and so the more i see his goodness and his nature the more that it fills my faith to believe in what he's doing what he he will do and what his promises are participate find an area that you can work in and if you don't know what you're good at that's what the next steps are about We'll find your spiritual gift. We'll help you to participate in this spiritual experience. And it will change your life. It'll change your family's life. It'll change your friends' lives because it'll change you. And if it changes you, it changes everything. There's always more. He's such a generous guy. We, we don't understand the fullness of who he is. He wants to reveal more of himself. Art, thank you so much for coming, man. This is, I gotta go. I gotta get to work. <laughs> See you, Art! Wow. I don't know about you, but I loved hearing from these experienced spiritual athletes about the benefits of spiritual exercise. You know, when I left the health fair at my old job that day, the information that I received at that health fair prompted some changes in me. I decided to make some, some changes with my nutrition, what I was putting into my body, uh, with exercise, what I was exerting from my body, and with rest, giving my body time to recover. My prayer for you today is that you would make some decisions, that this would be the spiritual health fair that you needed to make some decisions about changing some spiritual nutrition, some spiritual exercise, and some spiritual rest. My prayer for you is that you will begin the process or renew the process of getting fit spiritually. One step that you can take today is to join us at 1115 Central Time for our Next Steps ministry. I'll be leading that session today. It's our step one. It's our membership session. I'd invite you to join. But take a step today. You know, a lot of people will see this video and they might say to themselves, this is, this is too much. It's just too hard. It's too much. I, I can't do it all. But I want to encourage you with one other thing that Jesus said. When he was giving that speech to his disciples, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he said something interesting. He said, and I will ask the Father and he will send an advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because they neither know him nor see him, but you know him because he lives with you and he will live in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is like this water 
always there to nourish you, to strengthen you, and to help you to press on just a little bit further. I pray today that you will take the steps to start getting fit spiritually. Because once you get started, you don't want to stop. And the further you go, the easier it gets. You might even say, it's kind of like riding a bike.